Let us turn now for a little to the portion of scripture we read together, the prophecy of Daniel, chapter 9, and read again at uh, verse 7. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face as it is this day. To the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off and all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belong shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you, and so on. Well, if we're to give a title to uh, this address, we could do a little better than call it the penitent prayer. It is generally agreed that um, here we have one of the greatest intercessory prayers uh, recorded in the Bible. And because it majors on confession of sin, I feel it is quite appropriate for us to occupy our uh, minds uh, with it since this service is the beginning of preparatory services with a view to preparing our hearts for remembering the Lord's death till he come. And uh, traditionally amongst us uh, the, this day Thursday was a day of, of humiliation and prayer where focus was indeed upon sin and confession of sin. And we that may have been a tradition perhaps not <coughs> so much a tradition that is observed uh, sadly uh, in recent times but there was never more need of clinging or cleaving to that tradition than in our present day with the state of um, our country the state of our nation and even the state of the nations uh, of the world. And uh, let's not just think of it in terms of a tradition. There are good traditions as well as bad ones. But this is certainly a good tradition and a very biblical tradition. You'll recall how um, in the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians and uh, the fifth chapter where he's referring to uh, the feast of the Passover 
Therefore he says, purge out the old leaven. Leaven, of course, always being a, a, a type or a symbol of sin. Let us purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And surely there is good biblical warrant then for continuing uh, the our tradition that we've had ourselves as an island community. Um, as I said, it's appropriate. How appropriate the whole of this chapter has been to the moral situation in which we find ourselves, the spiritual situation. Spiritually, surely things are at a low ebb. And most of us here have known better days and how that should ring the cry from our hearts that the Lord would have mercy upon us and turn us again even in godly sorrow and in penitence that we would that we would have that godly sorrow that works repentance unto salvation never to be repented of or oh, how we need that a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that he may not only convince the world of sin of righteousness and of judgment but convince ourselves that we may humble ourselves even as Daniel here gives that that example of godly sorrow and repentance let us look then uh, uh, at this prayer and notice first of all it's its occasion it's his historical occasion occasion and he tells us in verse 1 in the first year of Darius the son of Ahasuerus of the lineage of the Medes who was made king over the realm of in the first year of his reign I Daniel understood by the books uh, that's the, the scriptures the manuscripts the scrolls probably in the, in the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord given through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications the first year of King Darius's rule not exactly sure of the dates but it's around 538 or 539 BC and if Daniel's deportation into Babylon took place in around 597 or 5 sorry in 605 605 then 
some around around 67 years of the 70 years that the Lord said the Babylonian captivity um, uh, would would, would um, uh, abide then um, Daniel through his study of the scriptures uh, particularly the, uh, the prophecy of Jeremiah uh, realized that he was on the very threshold of the fulfillment of the prophecy in Jeremiah that it says, uh, proclaimed not only the, the, the fall of Babylon on the one hand that oppressing uh, oppressive uh, power just like Russia is at the moment we should be praying for the downfall of that evil uh, regime but um, not only for the downfall of Babylon but also for the restoration of Daniel's people uh, the, uh, the return of Israel and uh, it's interesting that uh, despite the burdens with that Daniel had as a government official and in the administration a very busy uh, uh, job that he had yet he found time to pray to set a time three times a day to call upon the name of the Lord there's a lesson there for us and a challenge is there not uh, that we deliberately set apart time to do business with God is that not one of the reasons that we spiritual the spiritual temperature shall we say is at such a low level a lack of prayer and I include myself in that as well as anybody else he said it, and obviously he was, he, he said, I understood by the books that was the scripture. And then we can see that in, despite his busyness, he was a diligent student of the scripture. Oh friends, how careful we ought to be that we, that we be students of the word of God, that the Word of God may dwell in us richly. And we might fill our minds uh, with, with the truth. Because it is, it is one of the primary means that the Lord uses to cause us to, uh, to grow in grace and to grow in his own, uh, in his own knowledge. And uh, uh, we noticed, no, can see another lesson we can learn from this, and uh, uh, that is that despite the great and precious promises we have in the scriptures, that doesn't mean to say that we should that we should neglect uh, prayer uh, and just rely on the promises being fulfilled. Sort of in, in, in any case. No, 
that is one of the the real weapons that we have with prayer itself as a mighty weapon to use in wrestling with God. Oh, how our day needs, shall we say, um, people, prayer warriors, people who will indeed take no rest and give no rest to the Lord, calling upon him in an importunate <coughs> prayer. There is indeed uh, a need for prayer and scripture encourages a great stimulus uh, to prayer and a guide for us as to the matter of our prayers and as to the manner in prayer of our prayer of our praying. Someone phoned me up some time ago, an old, an old Christian, <coughs> and um, she was complaining about how she, how she had lost, lost her capacity to pray, and she was asking me for advice. What? What better advice in a situation like that? When you're at a loss, what you you you, you go to the scriptures and use use the language of scripture and use the petitions, uh, use the promises, use scripture itself. You haven't got words, right? You may find yourself at a loss. You may be you may become tired of your own prayers. But the word of God is a living word. It's constantly fresh. And use use the scriptures in order to uh, come into the Lord's presence and present him. What better argument, what stronger uh, persuasion can you bring in before the Lord than you said, you have said, you have promised. Or using the scripture itself. Well, perhaps just notice perhaps briefly um, guides us to the matter of prayer and to the manner of prayer. And we have that perfectly uh, clearly set out for us here in uh, Daniel's prayer. It has three parts to it. One, first of all, adoration. Then, confession of sin. And then, petitions. Petitions. Adoration is an important part of prayer. What do we mean by that? Well, what is to ask to ascribe to God the glory that belongs to him by acknowledging the attributes, his attributes. That he is that he is that he is true, that he is righteous, 
that he is holy, that he is just, that he is, uh, that he is the all-wise God, that he is merciful, that he is gracious. All the attributes uh, that prescriptive sen- scripture uh, 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 presents to us, that is true of God. Why, 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 why that? <coughs> so that we may be our minds, maybe, and our spirits, our hearts may be duly impressed with the attributes or the, the character of God, who He is, upon upon whom are we calling, in whose presence are we? That it will be duly affected in our minds and in our spirits, so that we come humbly and penitently before Him. And also, of course, reminding ourselves of, say, for instance, the attribute of His mercy and of His grace and of His love, and what kind of impact. Ought that to have upon our minds and our hearts, well, to encourage us, uh, to encourage us, to draw near, to, to embolden us even, to wrestle with them uh, in prayer. Uh, and not just, you know, be perhaps occupied or even preoccupied with just our own particular needs. Of course, we are encouraged to come uh, to God with our needs. But let's beware that that doesn't occupy all of our thoughts in, in prayer. And uh, see how Daniel himself uh, speak, speaks here uh, of God when he says, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his uh, commandments. And that is an aspect of prayer, you know, that many people are deficient in. You listen to some of uh, uh, those who are engaged in, in, in prayer. You won't, you, 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 you don't feel that they have that awe of God. Who are they addressing? Who are they addressing? Some are very, very flippant. And you'd think the way they speak that he's just, uh, just, just a neighbor. They're so casual in their addressing of him. That's not, that's a casual spirit. Our attitude in prayer is never found in the scripture. And of course, there is not only adoration, but confession. Confession of sin. Daniel's prayer is a watch with, conf- with confession of sin. Out of 16 verses, Twelve acknowledge the sins of which God's people were guilty. Oh, confession of sin. Of what a catalogue 
He lists, he seems even uh, almost to use the, all that the Hebrew language is capable of expressing um, the sins of which uh, his people were guilty at that time. All kinds uh, of sins. There was, there was defiance. See how, for instance, in 5, verse 5, we have sinned and committed iniquity. See, he's got sin and iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your, your precepts and your judgments. And uh, uh, no, sins of defiance, sins of defection, if defect, see what he says, we have departed from your precepts and your judgments. And if you look carefully then at his enumeration, his, uh, his many references uh, to the sins uh, that characterized his people at uh, that time, you will see that it, he certainly didn't have a defective on a small view of sin. It wasn't something that just tripped uh, off his tongue. He uses different words and they're, they're expressive uh, words that show uh, how uh, aggravated uh, the, 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 uh, the sin was. He acknowledges how they were deaf uh, not just rebelling against uh, God, God's will or God's mind um, as that was expressed to them by in the scriptures, what scriptures they had at that time in the, in the manuscripts uh, or scrolls that they had of the scriptures in the Old Testament but the, 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 uh, the, the words of the prophets the Lord was sending them prophets but they were turning a deaf ear to the word of God and shutting their eyes to the clearly revealed will of God uh, by uh, his word. And that was, this wasn't just true of one or two people, but it was universal. See how he, he, he speaks of, neither have we heeded your, your servants who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of uh, the land. It was widespread. And is that not true of our own day? Think of the situation of the country. Thinking of national sins at the moment. Think of, think of the, the, the royal family. A disgrace. Think of our Prime Minister. A disgrace. And think of the rest of the government. The many. I'm not saying that they're not worthy people uh, amongst the members of Parliament. But it's, char it's character. And the ethos of our, of our country and of our land. We're in a we're in a moral morass. And we are in 
much need of indeed having a that was good, having a, a national day of prayer. Or well, we don't do God in our country anymore. What a testimony. A supposedly Christian country. We don't do God. Or we certainly don't. We don't have a place for him. We have forsaken the fountain of living water. And have hewn out broken cisterns. And how broken they are. How broken is, is our society. At every level. Not only government come to or come to the society itself, the families. We're now a real mess as a country and in great need not only of revival but of a reformation. Oh, that we ought to call to the Lord. All oh, rain the heavens and come down. Come down not in judgment. His judgments are upon us as a land. Do you think uh, COVID is just uh, by chance? I thoroughly believe that it is God's visitation upon us for our sins. And there is no sign of repentance. And if we don't repent, friends, it's heavier judgments that await us. Oh, um, confession uh, of sins. And notice the godly, righteous servant of God, Daniel. He doesn't exclude himself from uh, this sinfulness that he's describing that is characteristic of his nation, of his people. And we have to have the same spirit. We're not, uh, we're not innocent onlookers upon the sinfulness of the nation. We are making our own contribution to its guilt, friend. And we need, as sure as anybody else out there, we need godly sorrow that works repentance and to salvation never to be repented of. But not only do we have ad adoration, confession, we have also petition. And we have all that from verses 16 uh, to 19. See how he says at verse 10, We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us. Um, at verse 16, O Lord, According to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of, for our, of our sins and for the iniquities of our Father. 
Und how, how heartfelt. It's not something that trips off his tongue or comes lightly from his lips. It comes from the very depths of his soul. Oh Lord. And see how see how it it it, it, it the, the the intensity uh, and the importunity that there is um, in, in in his prayer. See how you see almost like a crescendo in verse nineteen. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. See the intensity. His whole heart and soul is in his prayer. Oh, would to God that we had such a spirit of supplications. That the spirit of God would descend upon us and make us men and women of real prayer to cry unto the Lord our God. Oh, petition. And notice, ah, notice what his petitions are. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, on your sanctuary which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear and open your eyes and see. After, after all he's confessed, all he's acknowledged, the rebellion, uh, their, in, their indifference, their deafness to his voice, the refusal to heed or to return or to humble themselves. You'd almost say, you know, is he, where does he get his confidence? Where does he, it's all, all he, he, he seems so daring. How can he dare, acknowledging all this sin and guilt and unworthiness, how can he, how can he face the Lord and ask him to listen, to hear and answer prayer. It's almost audacious, isn't it? And that brings us in to consider the warrant that he has and that you and I have too. Blessed be God. This isn't something that is uh, special for Daniel. This is something that is open to us all. What warrant do we have in all our guilt, in all our defilement and pollution eh? to turn to God and beseech him to be gracious, to be merciful, to be forgiving? Oh, what do we have? We have no warrant. No warrant but his own word. And what a warrant that is. Your word is truth. Oh, we have, we have ample warrant and encouragement from his own blessed word. Even in the worst of conditions, 
even in the in the full extent of our unworthiness to come into his presence and plead his mercy and his grace on the basis of his own word of his own character as revealed to his own will as revealed to us in uh, the scripture that is what Daniel has done did he not say uh, when I, I understood by the books okay that was, was with reference to the uh, deliverance from the captivity and that of course encouraged him to pray with regard to the ending of the captivity and the restoration and you think of it if you read the history if you're familiar with the history of Israel of Judah particularly at this time how they had provoked the God the God Jehovah to the extent that he destroyed Jerusalem destroyed the, the, the city of Jerusalem and particularly the sanctuary the temple uh, in Jerusalem uh, that despite all that that uh, he still promised uh, that if they would turn to him he would indeed answer them for this sage see for instance the specific promise that in that connection uh, given by by Jeremiah in chapter 29 for this says the Lord or for thus says the Lord after 70 years are accomplished at Babylon I will visit you not visit you with further judgments but will visit you with mercy and with grace I will visit you and perform my good word my good word to you by causing you to return to this place and uh, in, in, in um, let's see if I can uh, just give me a moment yes shall I get it shall I get it right chapter 29 at verse yes for thus is the Lord after 70 years are completed at Babylon I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place that is Jerusalem for I know imagine this I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord what kind of thoughts thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you 
and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. What a promise. Eh? But that promise, blessed be God, is not confined to Jeremiah, to, to, to um, the, the people of Daniel's day. That's a, that, this is the kind of God that has revealed himself to us and revealed himself to us in a far more wonderful way and clearer way. Now, in the New Testament dispensation, in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them. And what has he done? And he has... Get it, get it in Gaelic, but I can't get the English of it. And committed to us the word of reconciliation, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. That word we have heard and heard with our ears and we read it in the infallible and inscribed, inspired record in the scriptures. A word that is relevant, is timeless. And there is your warrant and my warrant, our encouragement that despite the way our sins are crying out for God's judgment to come upon us, that we can still enter our closet, shut the door, and your Father that sees you and hears you in secret will reward you openly. To your closets! To your closets, friends! And pour out your hearts before him. How's it? How's it, Ninja? Again, um, is it? Who knows? But that he will. I'm just translating for. Who knows? But he will return and leave a blessing behind. Who knows? The Lord our God is gracious and he is merciful. And look at look at um, the, the the arguments of the pleas, the petitions that he that, that, that he makes. Um, and be, but before he makes them, he has a very um, a, 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 a great uh, a very important disavowal. Verse 18. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. Far we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds then they don't exist but because of your great mercies notice the plural it isn't just one mercy or a few mercies 
because of your great mercies. What an encouragement that is for us. Even in our perhaps more our own personal lives, conscious of our sins, our shortcomings, our many, many provocations, such a such a such a disappointment. Oh, you promised yourself, as I did. What wasn't I going to be? What wasn't I not going to achieve as a Christian? What confession do I have to make and what do you have to make as well? I'm sure I'm not alone. How far shall we have come even of our own standards, let alone the standards of God's holy law, God's holy word. What a disappointment, what a failure, what a disaster. What are we going to do in that situation? What can we do but return unto the Lord our God in penitence, in humility, and confess our sins? Just in the spirit of the prodigal when he came to his father. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hires. And I feel, can't, I can't even say that. Don't deserve even to be a servant. No. But blessed be the Lord for the picture he paints of the father embracing embracing his son kill the, the fatted calf bring out the best robe that is the spirit that is the spirit of our Lord that is the grace and that's a friends that's us speaking with all due respect and reverence it's the Lord that gave the parable but it does that fully express the character, the merciful, gracious character of God? It's much, it's much more wonderful than can be put into words. The Lord our God is gracious and he is full of compassion. Full Uh, that he makes and bases them he, he, he pleads God's own character he says you are you are uh, you are righteous you are righteous a righteous God what does that mean that God not only he's holy but especially you are faithful and faithful not only not only to his judgments his threatenings but blessed be God, he's faithful to his promises. His promises of grace. His promises of love. Daniel pleads on the warrant of God's own promise, God's own word. And 
He is the God for whom it is impossible to lie. Oh, you and I can give promises so lightly and not keep them. But God never gives a promise but that he keeps and fulfills. He pleads God's own honour and reputation and glory. Verses 17 and 19. So uh, he says, Now therefore, O God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. For the Lord's sake, cause, for his own sake, for his own honour, for his own glory. What a strong argument that is. What a strong plea. That God's own honour and God's own glory is involved. He says, shine, cause your face to shine on you, sanctuary. And then he says, incline your ear, open your eyes and see, see our desolations. The city which is called by your name. Because of his own honour. His own honour is, is, is involved. And, of course, I can't lay my eye on it at the moment, where it speaks of, uh, of um, how um, they are, that is Israel, the, the, the people of God, were a reproach. Uh, what does it mean by that? Well, that... This, their situation, their desolate situation, their sinful condition, cast a reflection upon God himself. This is God's people. Look at them. Look at what, what they're guilty of. Look at their state. That casts a reflection on him. What a strong argument that is. To plead God's own honour, God's own glory. <laughs> oh, he... Um, he pleads uh, such, makes such powerful uh, pleas then. And uh, also in verse 15, I, I, I just, I, I, I won't long. Verse 15, And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt, he's going away back, away back to the Exodus, hundreds of years. Eh? You brought them out of the land of Egypt and made yourself a name and we have sinned and we have done wickedly. Why did you, why did you deliver them in the first place? What's, be, what, what's, the, what's behind, the, uh, what's in, in Daniel's mind uh, in, in raising that point? Well, did he, did, did, what about God's purpose? Did he not bring them out of the land, the bondage of Egypt, to bring them into the land of promise where they were to be his people and they were to be his. They were to, he, they were to be his people and he was to be their God. That, was the, that is the, the essence of um, his whole redemption. And is that not true of his church? of his people to this very moment. Has, has not God, has God not got a, 
a purpose in redeeming his people? Has he not got a purpose for his church and his cause in this world? Of course he has. And he hasn't reneged on it. Um, the words of our Lord. On this rock I will build my church. Huh? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God's purpose, and it's a glorious purpose, to redeem his church, to redeem his people out of this world. So then, that we ought, he hasn't changed, and that is one, a strong argument, to plead before <clears throat> the Lord, and not to allow his church to languish in this world, but revive it and make it up powerful force for good in the world. And just quickly, the spirit in which he engaged in, in his prayer, it was a humble spirit. And we need that humility. Is that to come forth when he was there in sackcloth and ashes? We spoke symbolic of the, 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 the humility, the sense of shame and the, the, the sense of is, is a penitent, a humbling of ourselves before God. And to us belongs shame and confusion of face. Oh, the Lord looks upon a humble spirit before and of course a, a, a penitent spirit you can't you can't but sense Daniel's penitent spirit he indeed had the godly sorrow at his heart not only for his own sins but for the sins of his people not only for the sins of his people, but for his own sins, as were all to God, that he would grant us that godly sorrow, that penitent spirit, and that earnestness, and that urgency in, 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 in prayer. See how he says, is it verse, uh, verse 19, O oh Lord, looks like that, Almost like gunshots. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen. O oh Lord, act. Do not delay for your own sake. My God, for you, city, and your people are called by you. Oh, that earnestness, that urgency, and that faith, that despite his awareness uh, of uh, that they had forfeited as we have any claim upon God's grace and God's mercy yet uh, he had the faith to lay hold of God God in his character and God in his grace and mercy and God in 
his faithfulness. And that is what you and I are encouraged to do. That despite, whether it's on a personal level or on a, on a shall we say, an ecclesiastical level or on a national level, oh, that we might seek the Lord penitently and yet faithfully exercising faith as the Puritans would put it, act faith. What is it? They hold by faith upon God in his word, in his, in his promises, in his truth. And we see, of course, how his prayer was answered. That Gabriel came and gave him, uh, gave him such, such a shoe that uh, his prayer was heard. For God is the hearer and the answer of prayer. May the Lord bless to us eh, these thoughts of this word. Let's conclude singing to his praise. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. O thou my soul, bless God the Lord, and all that in me is be stirred up his holy name to magnify and bless. Bless, O my soul, the Lord thy God, and not forgetful be of all his gracious benefits he hath bestowed on thee. All thine iniquities who doth most graciously forgive, who thy diseases all and pains doth heal and thee relieve, who doth redeem thy life, that thou to death mayst not go down, who thee with loving kindness doth and tender mercies crown, who with abundance of good things doth satisfy thy mouth, so that even as the eagle's age renewed is thy youth. Let's sing these for the four, for the four stanzas, the, the four stanzas of this from the beginning. O thou my soul, bless God the Lord, let's stand to sing. Oh, my soul, let's go